and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with your wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in, de- but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Paul's preaching method fits. He didn't come with severe speech or wisdom. He used an unimpressive style just to present the gospel in all its glory. He wasn't trying to display his own wisdom or his own greatness. So what did he know? He knew nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He was determined that's all he would know. It's interesting he says that's all he knew. He doesn't even say that's all I said, that's all I talked about. He said that's all I knew. He was determined he wouldn't know anything other than that. And the point isn't that he didn't have other information. But that the only knowledge that really matters is the knowledge of Jesus and Him crucified. You know, it's easy to preach other things. Would you think about that? Think about verse 2 again. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's so easy for us to preach traditions, philosophies, good ideas, and to get away from a biblical focus. I can remember, wow, it's been a long time, probably uh, 25 or 30 years ago, that I went to hear a man who's still living, and he may still be preaching, he's an older man now. I heard him preach a sermon. That I think was the first time I heard something like this. It was a very, um, it was a very interesting lesson. It, it had a lot of good ideas in it. It, it was dealing with husband-wife relationship. It had some very good thoughts, some very good, useful suggestions. What it didn't have is anything for the body. He took it out of the book. It was a good book. I read the book. I liked the book. But it didn't have anything for the body. And really, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, some of those were pretty good ideas, and yeah, I can kind of go along with some of that. It makes sense to me. But it, it disturbed me that it really wasn't biblical. There were probably some points and some thoughts that had some connection with the Bible. He didn't show those. But, but it seemed to me that his thought was more, this is what works well in a husband-wife relationship. More than trying to come from, this is what glorifies God, and this is what God's teaching us about this. And that man has actually taught a lot of other things since then that I would classify as the same thing. I've been disturbed by a number of things in later times. And what he said about the husband-wife relationship, I don't think there was anything subversive about it. But when we get to the point where we're willing to preach and teach stuff, that's some good ideas, and it's some nice stuff, but it's really not based on the Word. It's really not coming from the Lord. Maybe some of it even could be, but it's not. That, that's, that's troubling. We need to preach Jesus and crucified. We need to preach everything he teaches. But we need to be careful not to go somewhere else. Even if it's some pretty good ideas and we feel like we've been pretty good about it. 
And that's pretty helpful to me. I mean, that's just not what we ought to be proclaiming. Now, his method, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I mean, Paul's behavior echoed the humility that was appropriate to this message. He didn't have some sophisticated, self-confident air. He wasn't trying to project some kind of a, a professional, you know, image and aura as he's a superstar. Not at all. He, he was, his message and his preaching were not persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power. Human words of wisdom, no matter how impressive or how persuasive, would have tended to rob the gospel of its power. And the reason Paul preached that way is so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. Paul didn't want himself to get in the way of their faith being in the Lord. Paul went out of his way to see that God was glorified. When, when, when we preach and teach, do we tell people about us to try to get them a part, to be a part of our group? You know, we're, we're the kind of people you want to be part of. You know, we're a church that's friendly and we've got nice families, we have good programs, and, and we meet your needs, and, and you'll love us. You'll like being a part, and you know, it's cool, it's exciting, we're on the move. You know, we're good, come join us. That is not to be our message. That works. If you're trying to get a lot of people. I mean, the mega churches have figured that out. If, if that's what you're looking for, that's kind of what people are buying these days. But that's not where we're at, I hope. You know, do we, or do we tell them about Christ and try to get people to be converted to Him? That's got to be our message. And, and we do that humbly and simply and plainly. And we're not going to sound like really sophisticated, impressive, wow, you ought to hear speak. We hope that when it, when the when it's all said and done, people are saying, "Wow, he's an awesome Christ." Not, "Wow, he was a wonderful speaker." Thoughts and comments. Yeah, Eric. When you said that this new Christ and the crucified, that that affected the way he was teaching the Old Testament whenever he was in the synagogue. And sometimes we can teach the Old Testament just on lessons of morality, which those are helpful. But we also need to leave Jesus from that passage and show how he's the fulfillment of that passage. Good point. Yeah. Mike. He was only in some cities for just a real short amount of time back in Thessalonica, only three weeks, and then he moves on. What are people going to build their hope on this person or on the Lord that he's going to leave behind? You know, it's going to make the point then that I'm glad that they received the word that he spoke as the word of God, not the word man. That's where the hope that he's going to build. Great point, yes. And that's the only firm foundation. Yeah. Yes. Um, throughout this whole section, I have kept gravitating back toward Romans 1 and the concept that Paul is contrasting there between wisdom and foolishness and how they exchange these truths for life. And the truth was simple, what Christ had done. And I feel like Paul is kind of drawing his audience back to that concept that the truth is simple, therefore the messenger also is going to probably be simple. And uh, I just feel like that's an important lesson for a lot of audiences to learn because, as you have said, we put a lot of stock in what our preachers and teachers, how they're able to present the message instead of drawing attention to the incredible truth of what is simply 
Amen. Right. Sometimes are we hesitant to reach out to the lost because we are not clever, because we are not wise, because we don't have the knowledge in here? says we don't need any of that. We just need the gospel. Great point. Yeah, we can feel like, well, I'm just not a very good talker. I'm not very sophisticated. You know, I don't have a lot of great techniques or whatever. I'm not very charismatic. I'm not very outgoing. That's really not the key. If people are converted because I am all these things, they're not converted to Christ anyway. We're trying to impress them with the Lord, not ourselves. It's a great point. Uh, you know, something that Mike said uh, really made me think, if we are completely devoted to listening to what other people will say or building our faith on that sort of thing, if something happens and that person falls away, or if you see someone in church leadership who does something terrible or you know, your spouse falls away, whoever falls away, you know, some people look at those situations like, how can they maintain their faith and how can they... You know, still be strong if, if everyone else has abandoned the gospel. But the point is, we don't put our trust in people. We put trust in the Lord who will never let us down. Amen. Yes. Uh, I'm just thinking, as you said, you're reading in about Paul, or think Yeah, about Paul uh, doing, doing signs, doing wonders, so that they the power of God. It made me think that in Jude, uh, in the first chapter, he says, The Lord was diligently tried to write through salvation we have in common. He was diligently right. So, we, it's an example of how we need to be teaching. Like, we don't have the power that Saul had, but that is how he brought people to Christ. We need to be diligently teaching as if we had that power. No, the, the power is in the Word and not in us. And so we teach it and it's power. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to take back on the previous comment. It seems like in every case in scripture we've got to pick anybody who is the most unlikely people and wants to emphasize that as much as possible from everybody who's just gonna be somebody who humbles themselves and uh, does not allow themselves to be elevated to a higher status in the Amen. God chose to put the treasure in the earthen vessels in St. Corinthians 4 so that we'd be impressed with the message, not the uh, one who proclaimed it. Yes, definitely. You're tying these two points together um, making here and bringing your example in of that, that husband and wife preaching that was about biblical. You know, when we're determined to do nothing but what Christ has said, I'm a good husband and father because Christ has said this is what you need to do, then the response of those around me doesn't matter. This is what I need to do. And so many times we get off on some of these these cultural, you know, books and things like that, the result of, of what is being taught is when you want to be married, you do this. So what happens when your spouse doesn't respond? Well, if that frees you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. And we need to get back to, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to be a good husband, I'm going to be a good wife, I'm going to be a good, uh, you know, child for my parents, I'm going to be a good student, I'm going to be a good employee. Because this is what Christ demands. 
because I'm going to get some some other benefit from it. Yeah, good point. Our, our reason for doing what we do in Christ is to glorify the Lord, not to have a good back. Correct. Yeah, very good. Okay. Let's do one more section. Uh, 6 to 13. Yet we do seek wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are passing away. We seek God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined for the ages of our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they understood, it, they would not have crucified the Lord's Lord. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. But to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, the Spirit of all things, even the death of God. For who among men knows the doctrine of man, of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual you know, the way Paul's been talking, it almost makes it sound like Paul has no use for wisdom at all. <laughs> and that Christianity is somehow outside the realm of intellect or something like that. That's not what he's saying. The preaching of the gospel actually is true wisdom. But it's not this age's wisdom. It's God's wisdom. It is a real wisdom. But the wisdom of this world is passing away anyway. If it was consistent with this world's wisdom, it wouldn't last. The wisdom of the gospel is God's wisdom. The wisdom that was planned before God ever created the world and was hidden until now. The wisdom that God predestined for our glory. You know, this is a true wisdom. This is a much greater wisdom than the world's wisdom. And it's a wisdom that the leaders of this world never figured out. They never understood it. If they had understood it, they would have never done what they did. Evil always bungles things. Do you notice how Satan always seems to shoot himself in the foot? It's really not that he's so dumb, it's that God's so smart. That God's able to use things that Satan does against him. Well, look at this. He said, none of the rulers of this age understood. For if they understood it, they were not crucified the Lord of glory. Now think about it. Who led the crucifixion? Religious and political leaders of this age. Were they wanting to help God's plan to save man? That was the last thing they wanted. They were trying to do just the opposite. So what can you see? You can see they didn't understand it. They ended up contributing what they were trying to destroy by crucifying the Lord of glory and taking one more step in God's plan for human salvation through Christ. And so the things that God has prepared for those who love Him, verse 9, are things that we can't get by seeing or hearing or thinking. The only way we'll ever know these things of God is by Him revealing them. You can't figure it out. You can't observe it. Only God can reveal it. And He uses an analogy. He says, think about... Who knows what's in your mind? 
I am thinking about a color right now. Anybody know what it is? Some of you might guess right. Most of you wouldn't. There's quite a few colors in the world. But you have no idea what color I'm thinking about. But when I tell you the color I'm thinking about is yellow, now you know. My spirit revealed it to you. And you know. Now if you don't know what I'm thinking, how do we know what God's thinking? Only if his spirit reveals it. There's no other way. You won't just get smart enough finally that you can just kind of figure it out. <laughs> you just kind of, ah, I, I worked my way to this. I, 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 I got to what, what God was thinking about. No, you never will. But thankfully, God's Spirit knows everything that God's thinking. And God's Spirit revealed those things through the apostles and prophets. And not only revealed, thankfully, the thoughts and the ideas, but revealed the very words to where they were able to take the Spirit-inspired thoughts and match them with Spirit-inspired words to reveal exactly how God wanted His gospel message. The wording of the Bible is not accidental. Even the words are God's words that He gave by His Spirit. And so we have something that man could never come up with. We have what God has revealed. That is why we treasure the Bible. Some people laugh at that. <laughs> you're, you're Bibleologists. You know, you worship the Bible. You know, there's just words on a page, and, and you give your life to these words. Well, what if your children said that to you? Well, those are just words you're telling me. You say not to do that, but that's just your words. Hey, I let my children know that my words meant business. My words express my will, and they will obey my will. God's words are important because they're God's words. They reveal His thoughts that His Spirit gave and the words He wanted us to have. That is our connection with what God wants us to know and understand about Him. God revealed Himself in words. We can laugh about words all we want to. God chose to use them to reveal himself to us. We better respect them. And especially when they're God. That's why we love the Bible. Not because we have some special affinity to leather and paper. But because this message is God's message that he gave. And there is no other way we will ever understand God's will outside of his word. That's what he's saying. So was Paul down on wisdom? No. Not on God's. Down on human. Because it's passing away and not very useful anyway. It doesn't get you anywhere. Not anywhere really valuable. But, but he's all about wisdom. God's wisdom. But the only way we come to know that is through his revealed word. And that's what he said. And that's humbling. Because it means I didn't come up with any of this. <laughs> you know, it wasn't because I was so smart and I figured it out. He just told me. You know, you weren't so smart. Now that you know I was thinking about yellow. You know, I just told you. I mean, this makes it pretty easy. It's kind of humbling. But that's, that's the only way we'll ever know God's thoughts. Thoughts and comments through 2.13. That's what we really did right there. Alright, I appreciate the uh, participation. You understand, I am trying to get through this. I'm glad to have participation. I'm also glad when there's not. <laughs> you know, because I don't have to do that. Uh, there's a lot of great things in this. And I'm definitely summarizing. We are not trying to go through everything. Part of that is I wouldn't know how. And part of that is, I'd like for us to try to get the overall thought, and you can go back and fill in the details. So, our goal is to take a little break, maybe about 15 minutes. And uh, remember, 
everywhere is off limits except the gym, the cafeteria at the right moment, and the bathrooms. Other than that, we don't have any business anywhere else in the school. Um, and uh, I will take maybe a little bit more frequent breaks as time goes on, but right at first you can sit a little longer, and we will have some singing segments later on and do some things like that. So uh, I think that's all I need to tell you. Meet back in there about